Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode is sponsored by TriVegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Welcome to Friday with Friends. Today I have Bo Maxwell on. Bo talks with me about her journey going from a complete spiritual skeptic to a spiritual guide, teacher, and spiritual medium. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but wait till you hear her speak about it. She went from the corporate world to this spiritual journey and has created the Sage Method, which helps guide people into their own intuition. In today's talk, she gives some great tips for how we can all get to know ourselves better clear out our brain and really tap into this intuitive wisdom that we all inherently have. I hope you enjoy our talk today. Welcome, Bo, the skeptical spiritual coach and sage. I'm so glad to have you on today. Thank you. I am excited to be here. I love your program and what you're doing, and I can resonate with it a bit. I bet. So let's, let's backtrack and talk about how you have journeyed into this realm of spirituality, I'd first ask you, how would you define spirituality? Spirituality, that's a really great question. I believe that spirituality is more of finding your own direct connection with source, finding that direct connection with your own higher self and really stepping into the understanding that you're a creator of your path versus, you know, kind of a victim of it. (laughs) So for me, spirituality is being in touch with source, really. Mm. And how did you first, you were spiritually skeptic, and as far as the readings I've seen, um, can you explain a little bit about how that changed for you and what changed it? I was, I was solidly skeptic. I was corporate business building math major in college one plus one had to equal two or it didn't exist and it wasn't that I was actively trying to be skeptic that's just how my life played out really I didn't have any spiritual influences anywhere and my grandmother passed she was in Minnesota I was in New Hampshire and a little while after she passed she showed up in my living room and I got to tell you for a skeptic, that's not really the best day. That's <laughs> more of a frightening event. And I remember my knee jerk reaction of just yelling, stop. Like, and then instantly thinking, this is grief. 
this is just grief that's happening. People ask me all the time, well, how did you see her? She literally showed up standing sideways. Still don't know why sideways. I guess I've never asked that question, but she turned and she looked at me and she winked. I would say she was about, you know, 30, 40% transparent. So she was solid enough that there was no doubt that this happened, but that transparency really kind of uh, shocked me, I guess. And then really out of being so connected and wanting to be with her, you, you understand grief. I mean, the loss process is so difficult, especially when you're so close. I wanted it to be real. And I gave myself that window to say, okay, I'm going to explore this to discover if this is grief or if this really is something that all of these people that have been talking about, <laughs> if, if it's really, really true. And I did just that. It, it took a few months for me to connect with her and, and really get that proof that I needed. But once I got it, there was really no looking back. And how has that showed up in other ways? So ha ha have you seen other people, other bodies of energy, um, once you saw that and it opened up your eyes to it, I'm really curious about this. Yeah, absolutely. Once I solidified that this is real, I am really communicating with her. She continued to give me proof and more proof and more proof. And I was excited. I thought, well, this is great. I'm never going to lose my grandma. She's right here. This is wonderful. And then never forget it. I walked into a grocery store. I was in an aisle picking something up. There was three other living people in the aisle with me. And I turned and looked a second glance. And then there was more people in the aisle and they were transparent. So this is the first time I had ever seen a spirit that wasn't my grandmother. I literally ran out of the grocery store. There's no way to say it. I ran. I was in a horror movie. My brain was like, ah. And I got in my car, sat, sat in my car, shut the door, took a deep breath because I had been raised on horror movies and all that kind of stuff. And so that's where my brain went right away. And my grandmother showed up in spirit in my passenger seat of my car and said, well, what did you expect? Mm. I literally said, I expected to just have a connection with you. You know, she said, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And so that's when I first started to see more people. I started bringing this up to some of my skeptical friends. You know, I'm seeing somebody standing next to you. This is what they look like. This is, I don't know what's happening to me. And then that developed into readings. And that also developed into me meeting my first spiritual guide, which I didn't even know was a thing. And I came upon him out in the woods right next to a friend of mine house. So it was kind of a fluke. And I kept coming back out and kept communicating with him. And he helped me to really hone my intuition and step in to using it to help others. So what does that mean? I mean, so it seems like you are a designated medium, which we all have heard about. And like you said, when you, when you mentioned that about the grocery store, I immediately was thinking of a movie. But is everyone a medium or are they just special people that have an extra sense that can have some kind of communication, whether it's visual, tactile, you know, auditory. What is it that makes you a medium? Have you figured that out? That's a great question. Uh, yes, I worked for a long time trying to figure this out. And I recall now my first spiritual guide, I nicknamed him Big Dog. And 
we had great conversations. And I remember coming to him one day thinking naively that I was one of those special people. I woke up one morning and went, wow, my intuition is honing and it's so sharp and I'm picking things up that are just, wow. And I went there. My brain said, oh, I must be one of those people like that I see on TV or something. And I went to talk to my spiritual guide the next day, went back out to the woods next to my friend's house, sat down with him and said, well, what is this special thing happening? And he's so direct and fun with me. He said, get over yourself. You, there's nothing special. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so he, luckily he knocked me down the rung the same day that I climbed it. And that was a wonderful thing. But he then went on to explain every single person has access to this level of intuition. The difference between someone who's working as a professional intuitive on TV, something like that, where we say special, is that that's their job. They're not just doing card readings on Saturday afternoons for their friends. This is what they do all the time. And when you focus on uh, your job consistently, you're going to get better and better and better at it. And that can happen for anyone. It's just a matter of figuring out how to open that up. And really, it's more like a sense that is cluttered. And you just need to declutter that sense and then it becomes open and it's cluttered because we don't need it. We don't, uh, you know, we're not purposely accessing it through our life. We go to elementary school, they give us a piece of paper that says, go to this room at this time, this room at this time, here's the book. So we don't really have a life that we need to navigate with intuition. So it tends to become cluttered with emotional, environmental, physical clutter, and then we can't access it. And we think that someone that that is accessing it is special. And so I, I love that he kind of knocked me back down there and said, no, 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 no. You can access it just the same as anyone else you know. You're just focused on it. I was like, all right, that's a good way to explain it. And the uh, to the other question that you asked about mediumship, there's really two categories under the main umbrella of intuition. There's medium and there's psychic. And everyone's going to land somewhere differently because their intuition is very unique to their personality. So their intuition, everyone's intuition flows differently than the next person. Some people are very psychic. Some people are very medium and it's kind of a spectrum. Most people land right in the middle and can have both types of experiences. But I find that once people start to figure out how their unique intuition flows, they realize, oh, I'm more of a psychic or I'm more of a medium. Me. I'm more of a medium. And the difference between the two, a medium communicates with a conscious being. So a guide, a person on the other side, a loved one. So it's more like a conversation, whereas a psychic can tap into energy around a situation or a person or a, a place, for example. So it's kind of the curly hair, short hair thing. Like if you've got curly hair, you wish, or curly straight. If you've got curly hair, you wish you had straight. If you had straight hair, you wish you were curly. That's what I see with all of my students. But in essence, as a medium, for example, if I was can't just close my eyes and try to tap in to find them, as a psychic would be able to because they can tap into the general energy, I would have to look for somebody to ask the question, do you know where my keys are? So that's really the difference between mediums and mm. psychics. Okay, wow. So I'm glad you answered that because that was going to be my next question. but. Now I'd like to know, well, how do you declutter to have that clarity to be able to have this like 
to me, it's just a, it's a higher level of awareness and consciousness. And I agree, there's a lot of clutter that's in our brain anyway, but what is it that we are trying to declutter and how do we do that? Well, there's the simple declutter and then there's the more complicated declutter. Simple would be decluttering our environments. If you've got a lot of stuff around you that you are responsible for, your brain is going to maintain that. So the more that we can rehome, move on, lighten the space that we're living in, the better. People that live in very uh, small apartments or homes with very little material goods usually have a little bit more access because they don't have as much to worry about or be concerned about. So someone has a really large house, there's three decks. One might need repairs. Do you know what I mean? And so you're just adding a lot there. That's the most simple declutter really is the environmental. The harder declutter is that inner work, is the relationships, the bringing compassion into different aspects of your life, really moving forward with compassion in your relationships, in your workflow, in, you know, your emotional state, healing triggers, things like that. The way that I explain it is if every unfinished, incomplete, insecure issue you have is a hamster on a hamster wheel, think of all those hamsters spinning on hamster wheels in your brain and now you want your intuition to flow through it. So it's, it's a matter of identifying, healing, doing inner work, it's much, much more than just sitting down and practicing intuition. You know, I'm just going to try to do card reading every day and then that's going to improve it. Actually, you're going to improve your intuition tenfold if you work on that relationship or you start working towards your passion and letting go of doing what you don't want to do. Those types of things open us up to, like you said, that next level of consciousness. So do you think the grief, what it does, because I do, I mean, having had a lot of grief myself after my dad died, I mean, I think it is, it's an equalizer. There's something about like everything else doesn't matter because you're actually confronted with what does matter, which is loss and love and this, you know, and nothing else, like people would do anything to recover that person do you think that's what maybe put you in that position that everything else kind of just drifted away and you were so, for lack of a better word, raw and open to it? Exactly. Exactly. It went from, I was so focused on so many things that didn't matter and I didn't even know that I was. So this really, I think that it had to happen this way. My grandmother, when she was living could have sat down with me and said, hey, little family secret here. You've got a lot of intuitives and I can help you with that. But that didn't happen. I wasn't aware of that. It really was the death because in death, like you said, all that doesn't matter gets put to the side. And you, and you folk, so literally all the hamsters on those hamster wheels in my brain were pushed out temporarily. And I was able to understand what it was like to live intuitively versus mm. non-intuitively. So once that grief somewhat subsided, what did you do in your life to delve deeper into this, this place of higher consciousness, this place of being this medium? Like what did you, what were the lifestyle changes you selected or any other life choices you made? 
Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I actually, when, when it happened, I had been an owner of a, a relatively large gym, spa, fitness center, and I let that all go. I mean, it's, it's wild to think about that, but I let that all go. And it was this perfect storm of releasing a house, simplifying down into just a, a small apartment with my kids, all of a sudden realizing I don't want to focus on businesses. I want to be here with my kids and I want to do this. And so I was given this opportunity. All, all this happened at the same time you know, loss of a house, loss of a business, loss of my grandmother, it all happened at the same time. And it gave me freedom, so much freedom. So it was like the universe, you know, you could look at this and say, Oh, I'm so sorry. You lost that business. You lost this. You lost, uh, uh, I was, it was total and absolute freedom for the first time in my life. I could wake up and I didn't have massive amounts of pressure on me and I could explore it. It was really, really incredible. And I knew I never wanted to go back, put it that way. I knew that I never wanted to go back to the lifestyle. It was like, I have to find a way to move forward and live in this flow, in this freedom. And what happens is when people open up intuitively and they start to move through that clutter, things that are important are what they want more of. So they start to touch these really meaningful moments that resonate down deep in their soul. And that's what I think really pulls us into spirituality is that aha and that awareness. You kind of lose patience for some of the petty or the unnecessary things in life because you've touched these amazing, meaningful moments. And yeah, I would never go back if you can tell. (laughs) I can tell, right? You're sitting in an RV, which I want to talk about in a minute. But so after feeling this freedom, which I can absolutely sense, like it's almost like the shackles are free. And those shackles are really placed upon us by our cultural standards, societal standards, expectations we might've put on ourselves or from our family, who knows, but they're there. And I think a lot of people intuitively have felt like you, you did before you let go of it. Just like they are a burden, but they also you know, give us some things. They give us some feelings of importance. They give us financial solvency. How do you help people who are, who are feeling that? Like, I'm sure a lot of people who are listening have at at some point and might be presently feeling like, I want that. I don't know how to get there. I have to keep working or I have to keep doing this. How do you work with these people in your programs to help them like free the shackles, so to speak? Well, there's really two aspects of it. And the first one is the hardest, I think, for people, which is to have patience. Because awareness is a kicker. Once you have a sense of awareness around something like wanting that freedom from that, you know, from the burdens that you no longer want to carry, awareness is wonderful, but it's painful because (laughs) you wake up to it and say, wow, I have an understanding now of what I'm really, I'm not numb to it. And so now I'm really feeling it and now I want it to go away now. But a lot of people are stuck in a situation where they can't walk away from something so quickly. They weren't, and I tell people, I, it was a gift that the universe took the business, took the house, took, I mean, it was, all of that was a gift to me because I didn't have to, to walk away. So patience 
is probably the most difficult part of it. But if you can have it and know that you're moving in a direction and that every day is going to be a little bit better than, than the last one, you're going to be, you're going to be gold. And it's really a matter of working through what I call personal programming, what a lot of people call personal programming. In the course that I teach, we talk about that in depth. What were you taught with this? What, what do you think that your soul or your actual authentic being would like? Are you maybe an artist? Are you maybe a musician and you've never tried it because that wasn't part of your family structure? Some people come down here, they land in the perfect family for them, the perfect town, the perfect everything. More of a larger percentage of people come down here and pick a family and a town and an, an environment and a culture that's going to challenge them a little bit. And it's the act of stepping up to that challenge finding that internal component of yourself that really is important for a lot of people on their path. Mm. So how did you get into developing this as a, you know, a codified method? Like what were the tools that you brought in or, or who taught you these? Were these just kind of like coming in from some higher force or did you do the work to, to develop this um, sage method? I'd love you to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I would love to say I had this brilliant idea and I packaged it all. It really, in essence, what it was, was that spirit guide that I mentioned earlier, Big Dog, he trained me. He was the one that helped me to understand how intuition works, how it flows, what's between the molecules, like all of that stuff that I had so much curiosity about. And he was the one that helped me hone and develop my intuition. About two years in, he turned to me and said, now you need to put this together for other people to do. And I was like, put what together? <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? I don't understand what you're talking about. And he said, yes, exactly what you and I have been walking through for, well, at that point, it'd be like the last 18 months. I need you to put that together for people. And it fell into place that all of the things that he had me do over 18 months, I was able to put together into a seven week program. I tried to make it shorter, but you just can't, you know, it's, there's a lot to bite off and chew. So I gathered a few of my clients together and said, I just want to try this out. And I witnessed people opening up intuitively in ways that I had never thought were possible. And it was really exciting. So I went back to him and said, okay, I guess this is a thing. Let's name it. It's a method. I can see that there's three really stages to this method and let's name it. What do you want to name it? And he said, I don't care. <laughs> just, just go out into the world and have people do it. And I said, okay, all right, this is what I'm going to do. So I named it the SAGE method. But that's an acronym as well. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Spirituality, alignment, growth, and empowerment. Because the course, much like uh, your program, it's not just, you know, intuition. There's in, opening your intuition as a result, but there's so much more to it. Connecting with yourself on a deeper level, finding that compassion, it just enhances everything. So I had to kind of summarize it down into an acronym. That's incredible. So tell us about like some of the changes people have made. Uh, maybe you could give a couple of examples for anyone that's like, well, maybe I'd want to do this, but what ends up happening? I know that everybody's different, but in, can you give us a couple of examples of people that have gone through this course and how it's changed their lives? 
Yeah, absolutely. We have a small percentage of people that go on to become professional intuitives who find great success and and really thrive with what they're doing. But the majority of people take the SAGE method for their own personal reasons. And we've had people that it's improved their intuition greatly, all the way up to people who not only is their intuition open, but it has helped them with depression, post-traumatic stress, uh, things like this. I've had many people come back to me and say, this is very similar to like a 12 step program, but it's based in spirituality. And you're, you know, you ask in the first few weeks for people to take a look at this and then to understand why everything's happening and then to open up. So I've seen people go through and I have this wonderful woman, uh, Brenda, who is literally training to be a practitioner with the SAGE method. She had such success with this program that I, I saved her email. She finished it. She emailed me and she said, I have spent years waking up crying and I no longer wake up crying in the morning. And that just like mm-hmm. made me cry. Mm-hmm. It was just mm-hmm. incredible yeah. because it's, we lovingly like to joke that an incredible life is a side effect of taking the course for your intuition. It's not just opening it up, but everything you do to open it is improving really your experience in this lifetime. Well, I love that the final letter is empowerment, which is what I always am also trying to promote. And I don't want to say subscribe or prescribe, but that we have this within us, but we have to do the work ourselves. Like nobody's going to give us the empowerment medal, right? It, It comes from within. And it's that sense that we are living in alignment with our core values and the choices we make are ours. We have agency over those choices and they're not based on some idea of what we should be or something, ex- somebody expecting something of us. And in that empowerment, yeah, you feel like you want to be of service. You want to have more compassion it, because you're so solid in your own core. And I think that, my goodness, the world needs that now more than ever there's just a lot of friction and hostility and not kindness in the world. So what are some tips for people who are living around that and are really sensitive to it and might not yet be ready for the course, but what are some, like a few things they could do on a daily basis when they wake up to make them feel more empowered? I would absolutely recommend something that I call GCP. And I'll explain it, but I do want to make a comment to what you were saying, because I am so in line with what you're saying. Finding out who you are at your core is so important because are your core values what were given to you and you're acting them out, but yet you're finding discord within because it's not matching who you are or are your core values, you know, who you are as at your soul level, at your spiritual level, as we would say. But my, I just wanted to jump in there because you're so, that's, that's it. You find who you are and then compassion just happens. And I love that. But GCP is the one thing I tell people, it is a game changer. It's huge. It is a practice that takes less than 30 seconds to do, do it once in the morning, once at night. And in essence, it's what a lot of people have heard, but it's the flow of it, grounding to mother earth, anchoring energetically into mother earth, and then clearing, letting um, our imagination utilize something for intent, like 
wind blowing through or water washing through and washing away what's not important for you to be carrying energetically and then protecting yourself perhaps like with a bubble around you, not necessarily to keep everything out, but to filter what you're not supposed to carry. So it's, it's not like shutting yourself up in the world. It's well, that's the empowerment. You decide who comes into your energy realm. Yes. And you know, so it's like an invitation, but there's also like, Hey, you know, I'm, I get to decide. Yeah. I get to decide what comes in here and what doesn't come in here. And we were raised to take care of our physical bodies. I mean, go outside, everyone's dressed, you know, we were, we were, we were told how to take care of the physical body, but many of us weren't taught how to take care of our energetic body. And what happens when we have interactions with people, even unspoken interactions with somebody that you pass by in a store is that energy exchanges and the energy goes into your system before your physical body ever really experiences it. So if somebody comes up to you frustrated and yells at you before the yell is even heard by your human ears, that energy's in your system. It's why we react. It's why when somebody yells at us, we, we want to yell back because we're already energetically charged with that anger before we ever hear the yell. And by doing this, by grounding, clearing out the junk we don't need and putting that protective bubble filter around us to say, hey, what's going to happen then is this stranger in this scenario that I've created is, <laughs> is going to walk up and yell, but you're not going to be effective. You know, it's not going to bother you because mm. it's going to be like looking at them through a shell going, well, that's interesting. You're yelling. Right. Okay. Not but coming in here. Yes. Not coming in here. And this is the empowerment of like, I don't have to carry your stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. When your brother yells at you, it might get through the filter because you might have to deal with it. But if it's not on your path, not for your highest good, caring for your energetic body in that way, major game changer. Oh, I love that piece of advice. It's so applicable. And yeah, it's easy to do. You just have to practice it and really believe that you are, it's like charging up your battery. It's like you wake up, here I go, grounding, clearing out whatever might be carrying, I don't need to. And then really like putting on that energetic bubble that decide, you know, again, we have the, we have the choice, the agency of what, what we want to carry and what we don't. And, um, yeah, we see so many people who are carrying around anger or frustration or sadness or all of it from others. And then it's like, it seeps into your own cells and it's like you metabolize it and that feels pretty crappy. So this is super helpful. So also, Bo, I'm curious about where you want to go with this. Besides just doing this program, this seven-week program, do you have visions of the next stage of it, or are you just like in the here and now? <laughs> I would love to say I'm in the here and now. It's so hard for me to be in the here and now. But um, <laughs> well, when you're, I always like to say, when you're excited about something that you want to share and that you're passionate about, it's okay to, to be present, but also to have that vision. Yeah. Exactly. And my vision for the future is there's the Sage Method course, which is seven weeks in length. Almost all students that take the Sage Method course also join the Sage Circle membership, which is just a monthly membership. It's got a lot of, we meditate, there's educational, I mean, there's social component in there. It's an incredible spiritual group. These two uh, groups of people, Sage Method students, Sage Circle members, our hopes are 
to locate a few locations across the globe where we can purchase them, have retreats, and have that raised vibrational energy there. A place not only just to do a retreat, but that any sage member or sage circle member can go to when they need to make a big decision. All right, I'm going to go here and stay here for three nights in this higher vibration. It's going to help me clear my head and make this decision. Just a place that's that's a, sort of a support structure for people on that journey. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that you're putting it out. Now you've put it out there and we're going to, we're going to hold it for you. <laughs> I would love, I would love to come and I would love to do that your course. And um, I would love for my listeners now to hear more about where they can find out more um, via social media, your website, all of that stuff. So tell a little bit about, because we really want everybody to, you know, vibrate at a higher frequency for sure. We need it. Absolutely. The easiest way to locate everything that we've talked about today is the website, thesagemethod.com. And all social media is the same thing, The Sage Method on Facebook and Instagram. Um, And that's the easiest way. And they'll be able to find a link to more video instruction on the GCP technique. If they're listening to this and they're saying, okay, well, I need a little bit more instruction. There's a free video on there that they can watch that will give them step-by-step instructions on how to do that. And like you said, easy, simple, free, empowering. And just think too, I tell people all the time, manifesting is bringing more into your space of what's already in your space. So think about what happens when you take care of that space and now your manifesting improves. So there's, it's just a win, 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 win all over by really honoring, honoring that energetic space. I love that. Thank you so much for your time. Everybody go out and check out Bo's offerings, the Sage Method and all the other great stuff. I'm just super amped myself to to look into it and dive deeper. So thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. I really, really enjoyed it. I did too. And for everybody that's listening, as always, I'm pulling for you. Mm